Hey, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we start this next episode, I have a quick question for you. How do you feel about being subpoenaed in your private practice? If you have any fear, sense of dread, or worry, you are not alone. Please join us for our upcoming training with Nicole Stoller-Peterson on mastering your subpoena process in private practice. It's going to be an amazing training to help build your confidence, to help you serve your clients better, and to take out the guesswork when it comes to being subpoenaed in your private practice. All you need to do is go to zinnime.com and check out the training there. You will also get a recording if you sign up. We can't wait to see you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Starting a Counseling Practice Podcast. We are jumping back into websites for therapists, diving into stories from therapists from across the country, sharing what did and didn't work for them in starting a website for their private practices. I am like over the moon happy to be hanging out with Kate today. (laughs) You're going to love her. She's an amazing human and therapist. um, And she's going to be sharing pieces of her journey today to help inspire and direct you and help you avoid some mistakes and missteps and make this process just a little bit easier. Right? Right. (laughs) So Kate, do you want to share with people where you're located, your website address, and what your specialty is? Sure. Well, I'm Kate Hagborg and I'm in Tacoma, Washington. Um, my business is called Destiny City Counseling and my website is www.destinycitycounseling.com. And I specialize in working with women in helping them feel more confident, alive and fulfilled in their relationships personally, relationally and spiritually. Awesome. Awesome. And when did you start your private practice? I started it in consulting my dates here in March, 2018. (laughs) And uh, why did you decide to start a a private practice at that time? Well, at that time I had been working in an agency setting for um, a few years and I actually, I, I changed careers to go into counseling. And so when I decided to go into counseling at all in the beginning, I always knew I wanted to go towards private practice. So I was actually um, listening to podcasts about how to start a private practice when I was in grad school. And I don't know if you remember, but I was the winner of the business school boot camp when I was a grad student. So that was like 2015. Make that connection. That's so funny. I know, right? Years ago. So what year did you win it? I want to, I think it was 20, I want to say 2015 or 2016. I'm not sure which year grad school oh, I was wow. in, but it was like way back when. Yeah. Like seven years ago. Oh my gosh. You yeah, won totally. business school and you're like, this is cool. So clear. Yeah. And like, but like, give me a minute. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I needed to finish grad school and then agency just made the most sense for me to start out for so many reasons. But like the whole time I was in that setting, I was like, I had my site set. I'm wanting to go private practice. Awesome. So, yeah. So March of 2018 was finally the, the, the time. Yes. You're ready. Yes. Uh-huh. And you, you'd been listening to all these podcasts and checking yeah. things out. Totally. So what did that mean for you? What did you know about websites um, from the very beginning? Because you actually, you had more like 
foundation than most people. Yeah. I, I, I've been, I'm a person that intakes a lot of knowledge, but like, if I get overwhelmed, I can be in that frozen phase for a long Mm. time. So, um, I had a lot of knowledge, but sometimes I don't know, almost too much. Like, and so I, I needed to figure out how to take a step forward. So yeah, I, um, it, I mean, at that time, because I was enrolled in business school bootcamp, that was like my, my template to create for, you know, to learn how to create a website. So I can remember I, um, I actually, well, I had, I had been lucky enough to get a part-time position within the agency, which I purposely took so I could launch the private practice. Mm -hmm. So around the time I started that position, I actually used some vacation time and took like a few days off of work to create a website. So mm-hmm. I, I just like pulled up, I opened, got a Squarespace account, you know, and then took like, I don't know, three to five days just playing around, trying to figure that thing out, consulting business mm-hmm. school boot camp, like just kind of playing with it and, and watching, feeling my watching the videos, pressing yeah. pause, doing the thing, <laughs> exactly. pressing pause, going just back kind of forth. playing with it. So I knew a website was super important and I knew that'd be yeah. a good starting place for me. So yeah. before I even had a location, before I had anything, the website was the first thing I did pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the part I think, and that this is something that has changed a lot over the last several years. I think back when I, when I was starting a practice, Ooh, that's old. Um, <laughs> oh, Not that it was, old. You no, know, I mean, like it really was, it was like, it really like a website was just barely starting to be maybe a thing. But the, the getting into the phone book was the thing and finding your location was the thing and maybe designing your office was the thing. Okay. And so it, and it's been this transition of the first thing that people are, they're not going to see you in the phone book. They're not going to see you in the office for the first time. They really are going to see your web presence. That's going to be their first introduction to you. Totally. And so creating that, like, oh, what is the look of my website and how does that feel? And then even using that to design your space actually makes a lot more sense than the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, yeah, that's so interesting how, how things have changed like that. And I think the website too, is kind of how I figured out, like, who I was as a private practice therapist, like who I wanted to work with. Cause it was through writing the copy that I had to get specific yeah. about like, who am I, what do I offer? Who do I want to work with? So that was sort of a discovery process of like, I don't know, kind of what I wanted my business to become too. Yeah, um, for sure. I want to, so you, you said, I discovered who I, who I was as a private practice therapist. I'm going to challenge and ask this question and maybe it's, do you feel like you knew you, you could have verbalized who you were as just a therapist before that happened? Like, like, did you have the words even before if someone was like, tell me who you are as a therapist and you're like, oh yeah, I'm da 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 da. Or did you feel like this was even more than just, I figured out who I was, who I wanted to be as a private practice therapist. Like, oh, I actually understood or figured out who I was as a therapist Period. Yeah, that's, that's a good, I think, yeah, who I was as a therapist period, probably, mm. I think, you know, because, you know, as you know, like in an agency setting, like you kind of have to work with anybody and everybody that walks through the doors. So mm-hmm. there's not the ability to, to create a niche or anything like that. So that was all mm. like kind of new that I was discovering. But yeah, I think I was definitely the same person and therapist in agency versus private practice, but right. Like I think being forced to put it into language, like helped me 
know myself more. Um, and also being forced to put it into non-clinical language because I could have probably yeah. spouted off clinical stuff, person-centered, you know, lifespan integrate. I like I could have given you some modalities and stuff like that, yeah. but like how do I actually like put that into plain language about like who I am? So yeah. And like who I am and how I help. Yeah. Like what's totally. it gonna be like to like be in the room with you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like if you right. were to line up like. 10 therapists that said they're eclectic person-centered therapists, right? Yes. Right. Yes. We'd be like, yeah, I'm eclectic. I'm person That means everything. Yeah. With like a, <laughs> with like a big, strong, like, um, neuro, like I, with a strong brain based body oriented, mind body <laughs> yeah. respected, you know, like we would just come up with, but like, oh yeah, yeah, no, that's true. We'd tick all the boxes. Like, yeah, mind body. Yeah. This, this, yeah. this, and they lined up all these people that tick the same boxes totally different people, totally, totally different people. And then we're asking people to come in and saying like, Hey, cool, let's do this thing together. That's really intimate. That's really vulnerable. And, you know, and they're like, I don't know what any of that stuff means. What is eclectic? What is mind body? Yeah, totally, totally. All the different pieces. So when you started down that process, you said one of the the big pieces was figuring out what to actually write on the website. Mm -hmm. Were you, were you surprised at how hard the writing was compared to the technical setup? Were you like, yes, yeah, I was. Yeah. The technical stuff isn't easy, but then again, like once you kind of get your way, it's a lot of drag and drop and stuff like that. So like Mm -hmm. the most time consuming thing, I think, especially in the beginning was the copy. Like definitely that was the the time and the revision was going into all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was surprised at how, how long it, it took me to formulate that. And that, I don't know, it, I needed like a lot of reflection to be able to mm-hmm. write it down and, and, you know, business school bootcamp obviously has a process that is thoughtful, like, like the journal entry is important to do. And then like reflecting on like, who are the clients I've done my best work with. And then like, like there's a lot of pre-work that had to happen before I was ready to actually write copy that was going to be on the website. Yeah. Even, I know that's one of the things with, with business school that in the very first couple of modules were like, Hey, we're going to have you start doing these things called outcomes conversations with clients. And people are like, I don't like, what does this have to do with marketing? And we're like, no, 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 we got you. Like, (laughs) this is absolutely (laughs) going to like impact your marketing Um, because it's those outcomes conversations are often the first place where you start to get languaging about who you are, how you're perceived in the room. Um, And also I think sometimes even getting the confidence up to put something out into the world because it's a vulnerable thing can we talk about that part like oh yeah the vulnerability of not just writing something or designing something but like pressing publish and putting it out like what what were the things (laughs) that came up for you when it started getting close to the time of like oh someone might actually see this oh yeah definitely oh my gosh so much imposter syndrome I feel like every new milestone of private practice or counseling in general, like I always have to like reface, you know, the imposter syndrome, like a video game end of level monster over every ever again, every time, you know? (laughs) Um, So yeah, it was definitely like, I remember like 
you know, after working on the copy for a while and getting it to a place when I was happy, I had a few friends read it and stuff. And then I remember looking at it and just being like, this person sounds great, but is this person actually me? Like, Mm. (laughs) am I, am I like, can I achieve what I have said I can in these pages, you know? And, and back at the time when I first created the website, I, I, I don't, it's been a little bit, so I don't remember. I don't remember the outcomes part of it. I remember the Mm. journal entry and stuff, but when I went private pay, I redid all the copy. I totally like, I redid Mm -hmm. almost everything on my website and I did do the outcomes conversations as a part of that. And again, major imposter syndrome going from insurance base to private pay. Um, But, you know, as I was redoing that website, having those outcome conversations was huge because I, I, then that gave me confidence where I was like, okay, I have like, you know, there's data these are, you know, these concepts that I'm, I'm putting into my own words are pulled from things out of my clients' mouths that they've said and experienced. Um, so that gave me a lot of confidence, especially to be able to charge my full fee and, um, yeah, just like uh, kind of on the website, like invite people into a certain kind of experience at, at my full rate. Um, so that was, yeah, super beneficial. Yeah. Now, I think this is the piece that's, it's kind of an interesting thing. A lot of times people do think of the website as something, this is kind of one and done, Mm. right? And you mentioned like, you put it out there, it was kind of working for you. And then you made the transition for dropping off of insurance. Tell me about some of the reasons why, as you were transitioning from insurance panels to private pay, Mm -hmm. why you felt like doing a deep dive into the website made sense at that point. Totally. Well, when I was on insurance panels, I never had to advertise. Like Mm -hmm. I never had to, I never had to market myself and Mm -hmm. I always had more calls than I could take. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, just from being around the business school community and just being around other therapists, I knew that that was going to be transition. I knew that like, when you go private pay, you do have to actually put time into marketing. (laughs) So I was like, okay, (laughs) I need to be ready to do that. So, um, yeah, I just, I just felt like, it was time to kind of, you know, it needed to be refreshed. I need to put more, more heart into it. And I thought what I had was good, but Mm -hmm. I just knew that it could be better. Um, and I had never done a specialty page, um, before that. And so that was really helpful. Um, I ended up creating three specialty pages and, um, those helped I actually was just working on my website the other day and I saw that my anxiety page ranks on the first page of Google. So that's awesome. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's my specialty page. I was like, that's what I made like a year ago or, or so a little over a year. Um, so yeah, that was really, I think it, it just made sense to put more effort and make the website do more for me in terms mm-hmm. of marketing with stuff like that. And I never, before I'd never optimized for keywords that was like mm-hmm. new. So like phase one of the website, never really learned how to do that. When I kind of went back in and revised everything, that's where I, my brain had the capacity to absorb some of that information at that point. <laughs> so that helped. And I think that's something for, for those of you who are listening, know that it's okay to take your website in stages a website that's up, even if it's not optimized for keywords, is going to set a foundation and is going to be more valuable than a website that's not up, right? Totally. So if you have one of the things that Google looks at in terms of its algorithm of even showing up for your SEO is the age of your website. So mm. the sooner you put it up, even with like a lack of SEO or kind of like unclear Google's like, where do you locate it? I didn't even know you were in Tacoma. Like, <laughs> like you never put your city in there or whatever the silly things that we do. Um, that 
when you do give that information to Google, it's going to help because that goes into the algorithm, right? Versus if you're just like, sometimes people are like, well, my website hasn't been doing much. Um, I should just scrap it and start over and get a new mm. domain name because it didn't do anything. Or it's like, no, you probably just need to give it a little more attention, give it a zhuzh, right? Yeah. You don't need yeah. to burn the house to the ground. You might just need a little remodel. Totally. <laughs> you know, we'll put in an <laughs> island and it'll just open up the space. Like, I don't know yeah. what other kind of silly thing we could, we could relate it to, but you know, like, it's, I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's got good I, bones. Yeah. That's so, I, that's what I love about like Squarespace and just doing my own website person is just that it's just nice knowing I can go in and fix anything at any time. And I do like, I'll go in and change like little bit of copy here and there or like, yeah, move things around or um, change my contact page, just stuff like that. It's just nice knowing that it doesn't have, I don't feel the pressure of it has to yeah. be finished. Tell me about that. Give me an example of one of the reasons why you'd be motivated to go in and like tweak some copy. Well, um, like, like the other day I was just realizing like on my mobile, there's a piece of it that looks like, I don't like the way it looks compared mm. to desktop. And so I was like, mm. okay, let me go tweak that so that the, you know, it just visually like looks a little bit better. Yeah. Um, or, um, things have changed like, like this week, uh, I I'm revisiting, I need to book a couple more clients. I have a couple openings. So I'm like, okay, time to put a little more effort in here, do some more blogs, like kind of mm. work on some things. So I was back in my FAQs and saw a couple of things were outdated. So I wanted mm. to change that. Like I had been um, open to working with teens and I've kind of decided like, I'm going to try just working with adults for a little while. So I can just like mm -hmm. quickly make that change. Um, my contact page, um, you know, when I'm full, I can quickly edit about a wait list. When I, when I need clients, I can put that in there. So, yeah. uh, or I can just open it back up. So yeah, yeah. you can turn the faucet on and off. Yeah, exactly. Which I love that. Like, yeah, it's such a lovely thing to know, like, oh, okay, cool. Now I can email people who've been like checking me out and say, Hey, I've got openings. Totally. See if I fill some things up and over time, especially with the SEO that starts to flow um, yeah. more over time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when going back to this piece of the imposter syndrome, it came up, you'd had people look at it, all the different things. What was like the final mental gymnastic you had to do to actually like press publish? Like what mm. was like that last piece that like, that got you over the hump or the things you had to work through to be able to actually like put it out in the world? Totally. I mean, that's such a great question. I think I just had to do it afraid. I just had to do it scared, you know, like I knew I wasn't going to be perfectly at peace with it. Mm -hmm. um, but I also like, it's sort of simultaneously feeling the fear, but then like feeling a sense of faith in like the process too. Mm -hmm. So like just different things that I felt like were significant little moments in my journey where I was felt like I was getting feedback from like the universe that I'm on the right path. Mm. Right. And honestly, winning business school bootcamp was a major part of that for me. It was just sort of this moment where it felt like, like a, a little sign of just like, yeah, you're on the right track. Like your dreams for private practice are, mm. are, um, are, are real. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, there were and just to those... have that even in like in grad school to yeah, like, be I like, I've, I I've prepared you. Totally. right like I prepared I've got you it's all yes. here laid out like yes. oh yes. 
exactly. That was like a huge sense of trust for sure. Mm. That same week that I went, uh, that I worked on the website, I also was like looking for an office. So I literally just walked around the part of town that I was interested in. And I physically found like a therapist's office and like, anyways, ended up meeting that therapist, creating a relationship. And then that person helped me kind of like get things started later. So that also felt like another one of those universe signs. So I just kind of had to lean into that, that faith. Um, and be scared at the same time and not be totally sure if I was, um, qualified, but like, I don't know, but I know I always feel that way. So I know I just have to like, I just have to do it. And then the confidence comes like later, you know? Yeah. I think that's the, um, I love that you've come full circle with those outcomes conversations. Like those are so incredibly empowerful. Totally. If you're dealing with imposter syndrome, if you're not sure if you're being helped, helped. And I think too, sometimes, and you know, talked about this many times, but when it comes to those conversations, those outcomes conversations are also not just for you as a therapist, you're not, it really is for your client because it provides this contrast of like, oh, I forgot how I felt just six weeks or nine weeks or three months ago. And then suddenly they look at it and they're like, oh my gosh. And like, sometimes you forgot too. You're like, oh yeah. yeah." Yeah. Or maybe you didn't even know, maybe they didn't even fully tell you. Right. right? Like I've gotten the ones. Yeah. I've gotten the ones of like, I don't know, six or nine months in they were like, yeah, remember that time? Like, yeah, I was like fully suicidal. And like, that's what I went to that hotel that weekend and I was planning to to kill myself and I didn't tell you. Wow. And like, you know, but like, there was something like, I felt like you knew that something was off and you were very engaged and like, we were able to come full circle. And that now there was the confidence and the trust that they were like, I don't need to have that hidden in my back pocket anymore. I could be honest. Totally. Wow. That's so powerful. If you weren't having that conversation, it wouldn't come up. If you weren't asking the questions, is there anything that we missed or what was it like? And what has shifted? Yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. give people necessarily an opportunity to look internally or to share. Yeah, them. absolutely. I totally agree. That happened a lot where clients would, would kind of disclose things that I didn't know how bad it had been before. And then yeah. also disclose like victories and like milestones where I was like, I didn't know that you're experiencing like, you know, positive momentum in that area of your life. This is the first time I'm hearing about that. And yeah, yeah they were very encouraged. It was so mutually encouraging too. Yeah. Um, and it, it reminds me of like, I remember in grad school when we learned about strength-based counseling, like one of the things that's always stuck with me is just learning that like, it literally changes our brain to reflect and verbalize and talk about like what's going well, how we've overcome our resilience, our strengths. So I love those conversations. And I think clients always left feeling very encouraged about like how far they come and, and that, yeah. you know, motivation, seeing how far you've come is great motivation to keep going. So. It really is. It really is. And I think it's, um, I want to talk a little bit about this part though. I think is, is an interesting one in terms of because we want to talk about the positive. I think sometimes as therapists, we want to talk about the positive. So the idea of like verbalizing the pain when you're writing copy, tell me about that part. How hard was it to like put the pain and was there a part of you that struggled with actually verbalizing the pain and not just coming from like a really positive thing from the very beginning. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. It was counterintuitive. Like I think if without any guidance on how to write a website, if I was just going to sit down and do it by myself, 
it, I would have done it very differently than I did. Mm-hmm. So I would not have started with the pain and I, w- I would have also made it all about me <laughs> as the therapist. Yeah. My bio. Um, so yeah, it, it was a, it was really helpful to have the guidance of, of BSB and stuff to, to realize how to do that. And yeah, I think it, it, it was challenging. It's so cool though. I mean, I like it though. Cause it's so like empathetic, I think to just resonate yeah. with people's pain and just like, even that process of writing it, it was like, I stopped and reflected on like certain key clients I'd worked with and tried to sit in their shoes and like, think about what are the themes and also, I think to put it into language that actually resonates with people's day-to-day life instead of the clinical. So that again, like makes you like, you're reflecting on like, what does this person feel when they wake up in the morning? What do they feel yeah. in their relationship? What do they feel in their job? Like, and kind of like trying to articulate the pain in a way that people are like, whoa, I see myself in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, it was challenging, but I think it was it was well worth the effort for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, cause clients will often say, and I know you guys say that this is what you'll hear when you do this, but they'll say like, Whoa, I felt like you were talking exactly to me. And I've had a number of people do that. And that just is, is awesome just for them to, you know, I, I also get therapy myself. And so I know what it feels like to like, look around and be like, I can't find anybody that seems right. And then you find someone that speaks exactly to you. And it's like, Oh, thank goodness. Like, yeah. I, I'm just trying to find the right person. So yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's great to be able to use language that clients can see themselves in like what you're saying. Yeah. And how has it impacted your practice just generally in terms of getting full, staying full or what have you to have this website? Very much so. I mean, yeah, totally. I, I, like I said, I do need a couple clients now. And so, but I think that's like, you know, there's the ups and downs of things. And so it's, it's like, okay, cool. I need to do some more blogs. I need to um, just like kind of put a little more work into my marketing right now. But, um, but like, yes, I, I mean, I think the website helped a lot when I was insurance-based. Absolutely. And I think it's helped a lot being private pay. And um, like I went private pay at the beginning of um, 2021. There's a little bit of prep and lead up obviously. Yeah. And then it actually happened in January of last year. And I was full with a wait list like the whole year. So, um, this is the first time that I've had openings probably for uh, about a year. Um, so I take that back. We tweaked a little, you guys helped me tweak my website. Actually, when I, there was a season. So when I dropped off of one panel, I forgot there's about six weeks that I was like, Oh no, I'm not getting enough calls. And at that point, that's when you guys helped me with my specialty pages and helped me tweak my language. And, and then once, once the phone started ringing at that point, I've basically been full for about a year since then. And done no no like blogging in between very little unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) working on a consistency yeah yeah. I have done a little but not as much as I should so once a month yes once a month Kate we need you blogging minimum minimum. I know I'm gonna try to do two a month now well two a month right now until you're full again and then just hang out at once a month and what that can mean too is that um, and again, cause I, I know the back end of your website, right? So I couldn't, this is not for everyone listening. This is not like every, a rule for everybody, but I could say for Kate, um, that you could write them ahead and just have them ready to go Queued up, yeah. Queued up for once a month, as soon as you're full and just kind of let that happen. Um, and because you're a batcher, right. The person uh-huh. is like, Oh, let me do my website in a few days. You could yeah. just do like a blogging batch where you like do a blogging right. series 
yes. like a day, you could do that once a year. Yeah. Where you do a retreat and just write like 12 blogs. Totally. I, I like that idea a lot. I tried to do that in January and then my basement flooded and took my, took my day, <laughs> but I'm, I'm due for a batch day. Cause I think that'd be great peace of mind just to have it queued up and ready. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> okay. What advice would you have to other therapists, um, especially those who are moving from insurance to private pay, who are really worried about what that's going to look like marketing wise, what, what website advice would you give to them? Oh man. Yeah. Well, I would want to give a lot of encouraging advice, like take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. You can do it. Um, and yeah, website, like absolutely. Just like, I, I think having like the ability to just do a little bit at a time, like just a bite at a time, you know, cause I know for, you know, when I was redoing a lot of stuff on the website and initially when I created the website, it's so overwhelming and it just takes so much to move from like contemplation to action, like on the mm. whole website thing. And yeah. um, so I think just like let yourself split it into like bite-sized pieces and everything. Um, and honestly, I don't know, like <laughs> it's so helpful being a part of business school boot camp or tap because you can constantly get feedback and encouragement. Like yeah. Honestly, like I, it would have been a really different story if I didn't have that because yeah. like being able to get all those tweaks, like, and all of those like changes. And then like, also when I was panicking that six weeks going private pay where I wasn't getting calls, like I was freaking out and like just having you guys to kind of talk me down and be like, it's okay. And then, but translate like finding an action to take concretely being like, well, let's add a specialty page. Right. Like mm -hmm. that made a big difference. And then tweaking my website, like then the phone did start to ring. And that's really, I, I, that was the main thing I was doing was website related changes at that time. Mm. I don't think I was like pounding the pavement with like mm. networking. Um, so yeah, I think having some kind of a community and especially if it's people who can give you feedback and help you yeah. with the website, makes it way less overwhelming. Yeah, it is. I mean, that is one of the things that I've always loved about our business school community, just in general. And it's something I think that's a little different in what we do. Cause there's lots of courses out there that are like, Hey, here's how you do it. There's not a lot of courses where you're going to have the coach is going to go into the back of end of your website and be yeah. like, here's a video. I'm going to move this over here. So and this needs true. to be a heading. And like, let me get in and let me go look at the back end of your, totally. of your keyword stuff. Like we're just nerdy that way. So we're like, <laughs> let's get in. Like, I don't want to that was something for me when I first started coaching where it's just like, let me just fix, I want to teach you and I want to empower you. But if I can do that while I'm also just like doing it for you for a minute, yeah. like, I, like we, we really believe in like the done with you. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it. I think it's too expensive long-term to have somebody who's going to do everything for you. And I think sometimes we trust other people to do things that we shouldn't trust. And so yeah. like, there's a certain amount that we need to own as business yeah. owners and understand and, and get knowledge over time. And like, sometimes we really need some handholding totally. and that's okay. Um, so finding a space where you can get that handholding. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also, it's a scary thing, right? Imposter syndrome Very says, scary. I don't ask for help. I don't post the thing for feedback. Mm -hmm. So I bet mm -hmm. that initially even like posting that kind of stuff in business school was like, yeah. oh my oh God, yeah. what's that we're going to think of me? 
they're going to think I'm terrible or totally absolutely oh yeah so many levels of fear yeah (laughs) yeah and this is one of the things that I I do love for anyone who's listening this is one of the reasons that I really believe for therapists when it comes to going on this private practice journey there needs to be a group component Mm-hmm. Even when I've had like high level one-on-one coaching clients, I always have the group component because what we're doing out in the world is we're putting ourselves out in this like really vulnerable state. So yeah. if we can practice doing that in a smaller, safer community, mm-hmm. then it builds up the muscle that we need to be able to do that out into a bigger community. Totally. So it's not just, oh, well, if I have this one-to-one therapist, they're going to magically do everything. And I'm going to feel confident and press publish. You can still be spinning around that. You're just paying oh, yeah. someone hundreds of dollars an hour for like years at a time. Sometimes it's like, no, no, no. Like there's yeah. something that happens in a, in a healed group of people. And there's something that happens when you see other people who are like, I have been there. You're normal. So I true. scared. I so ate true. the frog. I ate the yeah. thing. I did the, this. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You're like, Look, tell me when you publish it. I, I can't wait to see it. I looked at it. It looks great. Like I got you. Like, do you want to get, I've, I've heard people that are like, let's get on zoom together and we'll press publish together. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so whatever awesome. it takes. Yeah. Right? That's so the community is huge. And that, like yeah. you said, normalizing, like that was also major for me just to realize that like, I'm not alone in yeah. the imposter syndrome feeling. And that, that yeah. is not the feeling of imposter syndrome, I, I should not take it at face value because it wants to tell me I'm not cut out to be a therapist. But like, yeah. I've since learned like, oh, actually like maybe most therapists feel that way. Like it's just yeah. a human thing we all go through. Yeah. So, cause it is very vulnerable. So, yeah. I think too, to separate out and to like learn, you know, one of the things that we definitely like to teach is like, where is my, where do I feel my intuition? And like, what's like, where is that like real feeling of like, I'm living out my purpose. I'm where I'm supposed to be. This is hard, but it's doable compared to where's the place that says you're not good enough. Yeah. You're a piece of crap. You know, like, you know, you're, you're not worthy, whatever that totally. thing is like, where do I feel that in my body <laughs> so that I can like, go be like, Oh, okay. That's it. Oh, that's in the, that's in the place. That's not true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, where's the truth part? Let me like dive deep. Oh, okay. That yes. true part of me says like, I'm imperfect, but like, I really, really help people. Yeah. Huh. Okay, cool. I can, totally. I can deal with imperfection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that about how you guys work too. And just like that you know, invitation to be reminded, just like, yes, get back into my intuition, which helped a lot, especially with like narrowing my niche. And I played with mm-hmm. my niche a little bit going private pay too. And I kind of went back and forth a little bit. And then it, mm-hmm. it really did. I, it was sitting into my intuition to really like, you know, solidify what I ended up going with and, um, and, and give it the time it needed. to like with the website to start making a difference. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Kate, so much. Thank you and sharing your story. For those of you who are listening, who need some support, we have a website for therapists, free checklist that you can check out in the show notes, wherever you might be listening to this, or you can go to zenime.com forward slash podcast, and we'll help you out there. Um, We are here for you. You are valuable. You're needed out in the world. We need more therapists out in private practice, not less. We need more therapists living out their dreams. This isn't supposed to be miserable work. 
This is supposed to be inspiring and life-changing. You deserve a happy practice that's as full as you want it and you can get there, all right? So we're here for you. Check us out at zinnime.com. And yeah, have a great day, y'all. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Starting a Counseling Practice podcast. Just a reminder, if you want some support in your private practice, we have an upcoming free training on creating a subpoena process. So check it out at zinnime.com and we'll see you next time.